a very good evening to you. And welcome along to Sweet and Swing once again here on Legs Radio. My name's Howard Kane. I'm with you for the next hour for some of the best sounds you'll hear this week. And what have we got? Some Edmundo Ross. Oh, yes. Well, the weather is getting warmer. Bit of Frank Weir. Some more from Noel. And I found a box set of Flanders and Swan. I think we'll start dipping into that over the next few weeks. In fact... Anything goes. But now God knows anything goes. Good authors, too, who once knew better words, now only use for letter words, writing prose. Anything goes. If driving fast cars you like, if low bars you like, if old hymns you like, if bare limbs you like, if May West you like, or me undressed you like, why nobody will oppose. When every night the set that smart is intruding at new parties in studio, anything goes. When Mrs. Ned McLean, God bless her, can get Russian reds to yes sir, then I suppose anything goes. When rock. Rockefeller still can hoard enough money to let Max Gordon produce his show. Anything goes. The world has gone mad today, and good's bad today, and black's white today, and day's night today, and that gent today you gave a cent today once had several chateaus. When folks who still can ride in jitneys find out Vanderbilt's and Whitney's lack baby clothes, anything goes. When Sam Goldwyn can with great conviction instruct Anna Sen in diction, then Anna shows, anything goes. When you hear that Lady Mendel standing up, now does a handspring landing upon her toes. Anything goes. Just think of those shocks you've got, and those knocks you've got, and those blues you've got from those news you've got, and those pains you've got, if any brains you've got from those little radios. 
So Mrs. R, with all her trimmings, can broadcast a bed from Simmons, cause Franklin knows anything goes. The one and only Cole Porter, of course. Anything goes. And that was Cole Porter himself. It, it was his song. That was him playing the piano. And that was him singing. From the show, Anything Goes, funnily enough, recorded in that particular case, the 27th of November, 1934. I always love it when they give exact recording dates. You sort of think, oh my lordy. It's not 100 years ago, but it's uh, knocking on that way, isn't it? It's a lot longer than you think in many ways. And rather appropriate, I think, the song. Uh, I'm sure it's um, bearing in mind how urbane and witty he was. He was like a sort of an American Noel Coward in many ways, wasn't he? Uh, and anything did go, I think, in Cole Porter's life. He had a, a luxury apartment he kept in Paris, where supposedly he had some rather lavish parties uh, described in certain quarters as uh, extravagant and in other quarters as scandalous with i note much gay and bisexual activity italian nobility cross-dressing international musicians and a large surplus of recreational drugs yes we're talking about sort of 1930s i know it almost sounds like that he could have been living a couple of years ago plus agents as they say it's just the the cut of your jib and your trousers it changes, but humanity itself doesn't alter that much, really, does it? There's always been that uh, predilection for excess if you have the wherewithal to indulge in it. And he most certainly did. Uh, he did very well indeed, perhaps doing best in the 20s and 30s, but then had Kiss Me Kate as a sort of comeback later on, which did incredibly well for him. Uh, Porter, him uh, Porter himself um, was, yeah, well educated, well-known, of course, well-moneyed, so he was very, well, marriageable. And he did indeed marry. Uh, in 1918, he met Linda Lee Thomas, who came from Louisville. Or is that Louisville? I've never heard of it certain Louisville, isn't it? Uh, although they do say Louis. Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, um, who was about eight years older than was, beautiful, well-connected, uh, and they shared mutual interests, including a love of travel. And she became Porter's confidant and companion for quite some time. The couple then married a little later on. Albeit, when she did marry, she knew that actually Cole Porter was a homosexual. Uh, he was, it was just advantageous for the pair of them to marry. For Linda, it meant uh, continued social status and a partner who was the uh, antithesis, as it was noted, of her rather abusive first husband. And for Cole Porter... Of course, it brought a respectable heterosexual front in an era when, of course, homosexuality wasn't publicly acknowledged. And it worked. It worked. They were devoted to each other and remained married from December the 19th, 1919, until she passed away in 1954. So who's to say? There's no such thing as a perfect marriage or an ideal marriage. Anything can and will work if you want it to, I guess. And for them, it might sound odd, but it worked. And you can't fault the music in any case. I'm always amazed at these stories. You just think that some of them sound so modern. You think, yeah, it could have been today, couldn't it? Not 70, 80, 90 years ago. Could have been something, a storyline happening today. Happily, we're hopefully more receptive and of different areas and if people want to live different ways, their sexualities, their colour. It's still all there, unfortunately, isn't it? But I like to think we're getting better, 
but we're a long way from perfect, aren't we? A long way from perfect. Oh, well, we can only do our best and hopefully carry on down that road. And who knows, maybe in another 10, 15, 30, 50 generations, we'll all just love each other for what we are and just let people get on with their lives, no matter what they want to do with them. As long as they're not harming others, just get out there and enjoy it. It's short enough, isn't it? Right, enough from me. How about some St Louis blues? Frank Weir and the boys.
Oh, very nice too. Indeed. Applause, applause. Frank Weir and the boys. And uh, St. Louis Blues. I think you probably recognised that, didn't you? Slightly more stretched out one. Very nice. Frank Weir, well, again, one of those lesser-known names, possibly. He toured for some time. He had a band with George Shearing on piano. So he's playing with, the, well, I don't know, some pretty darn good players, I would say. Uh, sax player himself, orchestra leader and musician. Uh, he did get to number one, I note, looking at Mr Wiki, in the UK singles chart in 1954 with none other than Vera Lynn. Anyone remember this? Before my time, I confess. Yeah, so Frank and Vera, 1954, number one, top of the pops on a recording of the song. Anyone remember it? My son, my son. Yeah, that brings back memories, doesn't it? Receiving great reviews and variety in Cashbox and Billboard. And Frank's version of The Happy Wanderer became one of the most popular recordings of 1954 in both the UK and the States with uh, Frank's soprano saxophones uh, saxophone sound heard in between the verses. It got to number 12 on the New Musical Express's short-lived best-selling singles by British artists chart. <laughs> Snappy title, wasn't it? In 1954, on which The Little Shoemaker made number 10 and The Never Neverland made number 4. His last hit, 1960, a couple of years before I came in uh, into existence, and Frank had his last hit, with Caribbean Honeymoon, which didn't do quite as well. Got to number 42, so in the top 50 in the UK singles chart. Frank himself passed away not that long, well, 20 years afterwards, I suppose, long enough, in a Chelsea in a 1981. But, but again, it's one of those fickle things, isn't it? He actually did very well. We're working with Vera, working with George Shearing, having a number one, having a massive hit, sort of, you know, something super popular in the 1950s. And here we are. I know it's 70 years later, but who remembers Frank Weir? Doesn't take that long, does it? I don't know, 70 years, I suppose, yeah. You could argue it's a, a reasonable period. But nonetheless, it's a, it is amazing. I wouldn't mind betting if you said 30 years ago, people probably would have forgotten the name Frank Weir. Edmundo Ross, well, he lived to be 100, I think, uh, and was playing way up into his 80s and 90s. Maybe his name is somewhat better known. Perhaps it was that infectious rhythm and the clave sounds and the warmth of Caribbean music. I don't know. Still popular, though. You still hear some of his numbers round, and they sort of you always want to get up and have a little boogie, maybe. So I'm not going to stop you if you do. Here he is, Cuban love song. <laughs> Thank you. 
the Cuban love song Edmundo Ross and his orchestra. He does actually obviously quite often sing on quite a few of the numbers, but not featured on that one. Bit of a shame, really. Um, well, we'll play some more another week with his uh, with his great vocals on one way or another. But Cuban love song, I'm loving the bongos going in the background. I was given a set of bongos by uh, Mr John Moss of this parish from Manx Radio. Came in a few weeks back and said, I've got some bongos here. And he brought them in and we all had a bit of a play. And then very kindly, a few weeks later, he said, you know what? You may as well have them because you'll probably use them more than uh, I will. Which is very kind of them because they're a very nice set of bongos. And I have a little, um, I can't say I'm playing with a Mundo Ross or indeed have a Cuban band. But I do like having a little knock on the bongos from time to time. If nothing else but to warm your hands up and make you think of sunnier climes. Well, it's been quite nice the last day or so. Where should we go from there? How about, we need a bit of vocals, don't we? We'll go to Madame Tussauds. Here they are. Who walks in when I walk out? The question we all want to know, I dare say. <laughs> well, some of you might indeed. Uh, Madame Tussauds Orchestra under Stanley Barnett, I think that was, with Annette Keith. Another name that you probably don't know a great deal about, and uh, I'm not going to be able to do a great deal more than that, because I have to say, if in doubt, I always turn to the Bible. England's second book of British dance band singers and smaller bands, and even that, as a specialty book, manages one line. Annette Keith, recorded with Joe Loss and Stanley Barnett's Madame Tussauds Band. And that's your lot. If you know more, of course, you might be the world's biggest Annette Keith fan. In which case, let me know. 
Uh, I'd love to hear. We would, uh, yeah, have a read of it out, let everyone know more about it and play some more of her singing. A nice sort of cutesy sort of voice, isn't it? Perhaps not classic, but a nice sort of cutesy voice fits that song very well indeed. And you know how to get in touch, don't you? Howard Kane at manxradio.com is far and away the easiest way to do it. The fastest way, I suppose, as well. Or you can do the old uh, letter. We still like letters from time to time. Howard Kane, Sweet and Swing, Manx Radio. That's Broadcasting House, Douglas Head, Douglas in the Isle of Man, and that all-important postcode. Well, I think it's important anyway. I-M-1-5-B for Bertie, W for Whiskey. Which is what I could probably do with now. <laughs> no, better not. I'm driving home. Right. Uh, how about, you know what? I found as well when I was rummaging. We've got a bit of Flanders and Swan coming up in a minute. Because I found this wonderful boxed set. And I was always a great Flanders and Swan swan fan as indeed was the old maestro who obviously used to present this program and there's a box set three cds with a booklet and records i remember the vinyl records he used to put on the old stereogram particularly the drop of the hat at the drop of a hat with songs like a transport of delight in the gnu song i'm a gnu etc at the drop of another hat which had the wonderful gas man cometh on it and also the bestiary of Flanders and Swan, all the animal songs. You know the one about the sloth and the, uh, yeah, the elephant and da-da-da-da. Lots of songs there. And, you know, I thought we should dip into these. I haven't played the Farages. Fit in very nicely. Wonderful music. Fantastic lyrics. Very clever. Always tuneful. Fantastic piano playing of, uh, of um, Donald Swan. And, yes... I just thought it'd be nice to dip into that, fit in rather nicely. And that also made me think of the old maestro himself, or dad as he used to call him. I thought we haven't had some of his music for a while, have you? So how about a little bit of going back to the 1950s with the Jim Kane trio, a Saturday night at the Aragon Hotel out in Santon on the Isle of Man. And here they are, Morris and Jim and Tommy on the bass with a little medley of two songs, two numbers, change partners, and I've got my love to keep me warm. Thank you. 
Terrific stuff. Lovely. And it takes you right back there. I do remember going there very young. I was only a young lad and going to the Aragon when Dad would be going out there to either set up the band or go and see Jeff Duke, who you owned the hotel at the time, and get things sorted. And I'd be there messing around or rolling pennies across the dance floor. Old pennies, I mean, the big ones, not the little guys. The other thing I love about it is the fact that I think, I can't actually be certain, but I think that would be recorded either late 50s, early 60s, somewhere around about there, I would guess. As I say, Jim Kane, Dad at the piano, the old maestro, Tommy Cowley, and Uncle Tom, as he always was in our house. Not that kind of Uncle Tom, just Uncle Tommy. Um, and Morris Corn, 
wonderful drummer who had been a professional, I think, in uh, earlier life. And then when we knew him, he was semi-professional and had his own business repairing uh, electric goods, hoovers and washing machines and things like that. Very handy. Kept things in our house going for years. Um, sadly, none of them with us anymore. Morris uh, passed away a long time ago. Um, and I did get a chance. I wish I'd be able to buy more. He had a lovely old Slingerland drum kit. And I play a bit of drums, of course. Not quite up there with Morris, but that lovely crisp brushwork he's got there. But also the sound of the cymbal. And I think it might be, because if you hear a lovely sort of soft sizzle there of one of his cymbals. And I was able to buy one of his cymbals, a lovely old Zildjian riveted cymbal, which I still have and treasure. A beautiful A Zildjian cymbal, which will be easily, what now, 50, 60, 70 years or more old? But symbols happily improve with age in many ways and just get more character. And I've had a couple of offers for people to buy it. Really lovely riveted symbol. And I think it's probably the symbol we just heard on that uh, on that recording, or at least one of them. He normally had a couple of symbols going a ride in a crash ride or something. But that lovely riveted sound and that crisp brushwork, I think, from Morris there. And I do think I have the symbol. Certainly a symbol he played for many years. And more than likely, the one on that recording. So it's a lovely sort of direct link. I always think about him and the old maestro and those nights at the Aragon whenever I get a chance to play it. Now, Flanders and Swan. Yeah, at the drop of a hat, at the drop of another hat, a box set. So we're going to dip in and out of this over the next few weeks, I think. We have not played much Flanders and Swan on Sweet and Swing over the years, so it fits firmly into the sweet category, although some of the numbers do swing, I dare say, as well. Uh, I can't believe there are many people who don't know uh, Michael Flanders and Donald Swan, fantastic duo. Michael Flanders himself, I think he had polio, so he was in a wheelchair, and he was the wordsmith and sort of vocalist. And then Donald Swan, wonderful light touch on the piano and a wonderful uh, musician. And I think he also sang as well in a higher sort of register. So they complemented each other very well and did numerous tours. Very funny, very dry, very witty and again urbane, um, beautifully put together. And their acts, like I said, were a great hit in the 50s and 60s for a long time. I remember them certainly when I was very young. You don't, you still do hear them, not as often as I'd like, but you do hear some of their more popular numbers popping up from time to time. The hippopotamus, you know, mud, mud, glorious mud, and song of the weather and the gas man. You still hear those from time to time. And only the other day on Radio 3, I heard the one about the slow train, which is a wonderful number. We might play that one. So I thought rather than just playing the really popular ones you hear a lot of we play some of the less popular ones you don't hear so much of so what about this songs for our time the wonderful flanders and swan in our bid for the hit parade is the song we've built right oh it's hard to say holy makiti look at chi 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 but in Tonga, that means no. <laughs> if I ever have the money, tis to Tonga I shall go. For each lovely Tonga maiden there will gladly make a date. And by the time she said, Holy Makiti, look at Chi Chi Chi. It is usually too late. No, I, I, I don't think so, really, do you? 
Now, I think it's probably very much easier if you want to write a hit just to stick to the old moon and June. We tried that too. We tried our own variation on that highly unoriginal theme, like this. It's a satellite moon. It's a plagiarized tune. That duck on the lake's a decoy. There's a sodium glare in the purified air. And the girl in my arms is Mabel Figworthy. And if she says, oh, really, once more, I shall break her neck. <laughs> Feel that in this, in this, in this. Time. <laughs> what the world really needs most of all is, is not. Not a lot of spite. We've got enough spite in the world. But another simple, happy chorus song. Well, why not? Something in which all can join for a change, something which expresses the feelings of all the ordinary people all over the world. I think we found such a song. And it's called. It's called. <laughs> this is a chorus song. Please join in. Very interesting, actually. We originally thought of calling this song. <laughs> we thought this sounded rather stupid. Um, song. Song we feel very much for our time. You're feeling kind of blue. Kind of. And you don't know what to do. Oh, what oh when you've got a load of troubles on your mind. On you. If you face them with a smile, it'll make your life worthwhile. And you'll find that everything now is set alight. Sing this happy song with me. <whistles> oh, and just a simple melody. <whistles> oh, oh what those skies above are grey. You can face the world today If you'll only learn to say <whistles> Oh, all the gallop When your life is filled with care <whistles> Oh, you will hear it everywhere <whistles> Oh, though the world may wear a frown Here's a way to win the renown Tell them as they strap you down <whistles>
Ah, beautiful stuff. Stardust, Aisham Jones and the boys. And before that, we had a bit of a twofer there for you, you see, uh, or threefer maybe, even Flanders and Swan with a sort of three-part song, I suppose you could call that, wasn't it? It was uh, Songs for Our Time. Uh, fairly much uh, tongue-in-cheek, very much those ones. We'll have some more straightforward melodies from them in the weeks to come I think so we uh, will definitely do a little bit I'll certainly have the slow train I really enjoy that one and um, we might have uh, in the desert perhaps and the first and second law of thermodynamics that's another goodie don't hear very often wonderful Flanders and Swan I promised you some Noel Coward as well hadn't I I think this is the last of our little dip into some Noel Coward not that I'm saying we won't play Noel Coward ever again but you know what I mean We've been having a little sort of mini retrospective of some of his work. And uh, what should we finish off with? How about this? Time and again. Seems as good as anything, doesn't it? Life is what you make it, as someone once observed. A phrase that sounds a trifle glib. But whoever thought it out It clearly never sorted out The vexing problem of Adam's spare rib Chastity, I take it, is specially reserved For those possessing moral fibres Mine fail me all the time And maybe that's the reason I'm a bar-bar black sheep Calling all subscribers Time and again I'm tortured with contrition And swear that I'm sorry I've sinned Then when I think I've got the whole thing sewn up I must own up Everything gets blown up Freud could explain my curious condition And Jung would have certainly grinned When I meet some slidish that looks like my dish I'm sunk, drunk, gone with the wind How can I start afresh When the sins of the flesh override me? Maybe some psychoanalyst Might slap my wrist And give a twist to what goes on inside me If I could feign the glandular transition I'd settle for taking the veil Time and again I try Time and again I fail Moralists disparage a variable heart and say that it should be fenced in but they never think about effective means of casting out that dear old diehard original sin. Table d'hote is marriage, free love is a la carte. And once you've crossed forbidden fruits off, you merely find that you've unwittingly set out to prove the age-old saying, better with your boots off. Time and again, I've tried to form a credo, but somehow I don't seem to learn. Just when I think my guardian angel's winning, I go spinning back to the beginning. I can't refrain 
from firing a torpedo, a baft or a head or a stern. If I hit my quarry, I can't feel sorry. I'm hooked, cooked, done to a turn. Though I frequently wish I could curb my conditioned reflexes. I'll be damned if I'll sacrifice sugar and spice to be precise. Nothing as nice as sex is. I can't restrain my treacherous libido from slipping and tipping the scale. Time and again I try. Time and again I fail. The wonderful Noel Coward, no less. What a character he was. A lovely picture I'm looking at him in 1972. Still looks much the same. He's sort of uh, got the fag in hand in a sort of loose sort of fashion with a purple tie on and that sort of slightly superior look he had so uh, very effectively. Playwright, composer, director, actor, singer and known, of course, for his uh, wit and flamboyance. Time magazine called A Sense of Personal Style, a combination of cheek and chic, pose and poise. Beautifully attended. Beautifully put, that, isn't it? Beautifully put. Uh, started out in the Dance Academy in London as a child, made his stage debut at the age of 11, and then introduced into high society, which is pretty much where all these, you know, plays were set, relative values and such like. Uh, quite early on and achieved uh, enduring success, I suppose, as a playwright. 50 plays, more than 50 plays, published from his teens onwards. Hay Fever, Private Lives, Designed for Living, Present Laughter, Blythe, Spirit, all still performed on a regular basis. Uh, I think there's some talk about doing some Noel Coward over here on the Isle of Man. Uh, sometime either later this year or next year, I can't remember now. At the outbreak of war, he volunteered for war work running the British Propaganda Office in Paris, and he also worked with the Secret Service, would you believe? Yeah. Uh, Using his influence to persuade the American public and government to help Britain, and won an Academy Honorary Award in 1943 for his naval film drama In Which We Serve, and then knighted in 1970. A little bit of Stan Getz. We haven't had any Stan for a while, have we? Lovely, luscious. He's sort of got a tone as smooth and debonair as Noel Coward. It's sort of like Noel Coward turned into saxophone. Here he is, Stan Getz with Melancholical. Thank you. 
to finish off some Stan and then Jack Hilton with Pat O'Malley taking the vocals by a waterfall enjoy the weekend the weather's good on Saturday I'll be back same time same place next week look after yourselves and see you then cheerio cheerio